The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Six and seven. That is the final record for our Bowling Green State University Falcons as they fall in their bowl game on Monday afternoon in Detroit for the Quick Lane Bowl. We'll recap it all for you tonight as well as taking a look ahead to the college football playoff, which is less than 48 hours away from right now. Looking forward to TCU, Michigan, and Ohio State and Georgia with all the rest of the bowl games yet to come. The Lions and Cinderella have something in common. Midnight has struck. The winning streak is done. But the playoffs are still a possibility for the Lions. While while the Browns are eliminated from the playoffs after the loss to the Eights. The Jackets. The Jackets are in New York. New York starts spreading. Forget it. The game is not in Manhattan. No, it's in Belmont Park on the aisle. As they'll take on the Islanders tonight. We'll recap the latest Jackets report. The Fish, a huge win on Tuesday night at the Bank Tank. They go to the Coliseum last night and fall to the Comets. But a familiar fish will be in the pipes tomorrow night. We'll dive into that in this latest walleye roundup. And it's the end of the year. And it's the last show before 2023. You'll hear my take on the year that it was. All this and so much more tonight. All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. Guess who's back? All Andy Alford. And a shot at a goal. 54 runs in the span. I'm going to shut out. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. And that is with... The Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you get this podcast, wherever and whenever you get this show. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight to hear what is happening in the sports world as well as what's happening in my everyday life. As you can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter, it is at all Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred as well as Facebook.com slash All Andy Alfred. And welcome to the show tonight on this, the 29th day of December 2023. We're 48 hours away from the start, or 72 hours away from the start of 2023. 
23. And I hope you all had a blessed Merry Christmas and a happy and healthy 2023 to come, ladies and gentlemen. A lot to get into tonight on the program. Of course, we're going to dive into the latest Jackets report as the Jackets getting ready to take on the New York Islanders tonight in the aisle and talk a little bit about the Islander, talk about what to come for the Jackets as well as take a look around the National Hockey League. We'll hear the latest walleye roundup as the Fish had two big games this past week as well as last weekend. We'll talk about all that. Also, we will dive into the latest happenings around the sports world, including the sad passing today of, as it's coming across my line, of Pele. The soccer legend is dead at the age of 82. We'll dive into a little bit of that, and as well as other sports, too. And we'll have our the latest edition of the NFL Roundup for you. So lots to get into. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas and a very hap- and I hope you have a very happy and healthy 2023. Uh, lots to get into tonight. Of course, my Christmas was fantastic. Um, got to spend it with my family. Got to spend it with my friends. Uh, it was it was truly you know it's one of those holidays that makes you uh, gets you get together with everybody that you love and you care for and. You know, it's just one of those, ho- it's, it's it's holiday season, so I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the gifts that I've received from my, my, my beautiful family, as well as from my beautiful new wife. We had our first Christmas in the new house. It was fantastic. Um, if you're wondering where we were last week for the show, we, went, we didn't do a show last week. We were just getting everything ready for the Christmas holiday season, so it was... Uh, it was busy. It was a busy holiday week for us, so uh, we didn't have much time to get ready for a podcast, and I do apologize for that, but we are doing two shows this week. You'll get the tonight's episode, of course, that's the fresh updated what's going on around the sports world. Also, this week as well, you will have the one and only Best of 2022 edition of All Andy Elford tonight as well so let's get right into it first and foremost and let's dive into the college football spectrum and let's talk about our Bowling Green State University Falcons got a chance to go up to Detroit and this past Monday Bowling Green had a huge bowl game it was a the only bowl game that happened on Monday the day after Christmas that took place up at Ford Field in Detroit Michigan and I tell you it was a great it was a great atmosphere for that game I got a chance to go up to it it was fun, it was entertaining, and it kept me in my seat most of my game, most of the time. Uh, but in the end, we see the ending of Matt McDonald, the, sen- the true senior from Bowling Green State University. His season ends early with an injury that took place this past, in, the, in the first quarter of the game. As Oath comes in, Caden Oath comes in to replace Matt McDonald. He comes in to replace him. And, you know, for me, I was just, I was taken back in this game a little bit. I was taken back just a little bit in this game for this. Okay, so it started off with Bowling Green getting the return, taking it down the field, and then losing the football. 
I mean, that's what it does. McDonald goes down the field, drives him down the field. He throws a pass that should not have been picked, gotten and was picked off by Trevor Bohan for no gain to the New Mexico 30. New Mexico gets the football to start their drive, and they drive it down the field in eight plays in 70 yards, capped off by the pass to Star Thomas from Diego Pavera for 15 yards, and it's 7-0 New Mexico State jump out. Now, Bowling Green's favorite in this game. Bowling Green is absolutely favored in this game. They're three-point favorites in this game. The over-under was 48.5. 48.5 in this game. So I figured that, you know, Bowling Green was, you know, we all know Bowling Green is a true second-half team. So they get the football back, drive it down the field, get it. They fail on a third-down attempt. They get it down to the New Mexico 31. Mason Lawler has an opportunity to get kick a point on a three and out on the fourth down play. And what happens? He misses a 51-yard field goal. Turnover and downs. New Mexico State gets the ball. They take it down the field. Five plays, 14 yards. They punt. Bowling Green then punts. On eight plays, 37 yards, the end of the first quarter. <clears throat> and by the way, the Patterson, the possession, McDonald ran the football on third and nine for the BG40, ran for the 11 yards, got the first down, but then got popped, got hit hard, and was out for the rest of the game. His career at BG, done. Caden Oath, the new kid, the new face, the new quarterback for our Bowling Green State University Falcons, stepped up to the plate. Big time, stepped up to the plate. Big time in the game. And... You know, he, he he stepped up, killed it, absolutely killed it. But the problem I had, the problem I had was the fact that Leffler and his coaching in this game was questionable on some calls. Absolutely questionable. In some calls. So after the 8-play, 37-yard drive for Bowling Green, they have to punt. New Mexico State gets the football. They take it down for 10 plays, 80 yards, in 4 minutes and 11 seconds to score another touchdown. It's 14-0 New Mexico State. Now I'm sitting there in the stands in the end zone thinking to myself, Self, what are we going to do? We're, I kept saying we're a second-half team. We're a second-half team. We're a second-half team. BG gets the football. Caden Oath takes it down the field. Opportunity after opportunity. They get down to the New Mexico 23. Fourth and four. 
Lawler attempts a 41-yard field goal and misses. Misses the field goal. Unbelievable. New Mexico gets the football. They drive it for eight plays, but then it's intercepted by Chris Bacon, who returns it for 17 yards. Beachy then gets the football, only four plays. They try to drive it down the field. They can't attempt it. At the half, it's 14-0 New Mexico State. Second half starts. New Mexico won the toss. They deferred to the second half. They get the football to start the second half. Seven plays, 57 yards. Three minutes and change off the clock. They end up with a field goal for 35 yards. It's 17-0. 17-0. That's unbelievable. Bowling Green then gets the football. On the kickoff, on the return. Tyron Keith runs it back for 75 yards for the touchdown. 75 yards for the touchdown. It's 17-7. And I said, all right, here we go. This is the opportunity. This is what we can do. We can attempt this and go for it. This is a momentum start. The defense stepped up to the plate on the next New Mexico drive. Nine plays. 35 yards leads to a punt. Problem is, Bowling Green has the momentum. They can't do anything on offense. Three plays, negative yards, a punt. <coughs> and then New Mexico went for the dagger. Went for the punch. Gets the football at their own 47-yard line. Run play for eight yards to the BG 45. And then Ant Amate Watkins runs it 45 yards up the gut for the touchdown. And New Mexico State's up 24 to 7 on Bowling Green. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. BG then gets the football back, drives it down the field. Nine plays, 34 yards. They get a field goal out of it. Lawler finally kicks it one through. 49-yard field goal to start the fourth quarter. It's 24-10. Punt return. Punt for New Mexico State. Beachy gets the football back. They fumble it. At the New Mexico State 16-yard line. They recover it. However, they get points on the board off of that. New Mexico State goes a 6-play, 10-yard play, which ends up then being a safety as a block punt. Goes into the back of the end zone. It's 24-12. BG then takes the football back on a two-play, 48-yard drive, which gets the, the Falcons to 24-19. to And I'm saying to myself, okay, we just need the defense to step up and stop. They stop New Mexico. We get the football back. We have an opportunity, and they can't. 
They get the big first down play with less than a minute to play. And New Mexico State defeats our Bowling Green State University Falcons by the score of 24-19 in the Quick Lane Bowl in Detroit, Michigan. Good crowd on hand, by the way. 22,987. Most of the lower bowl was filled in with half Bowling Green, half. There was a good contingent of New Mexico State fans at this game. Box score looks like this. Diego Pereira from New Mexico State, 17 for 29 for 167 yards, two TDs, one interception. QBR rating of 74.8. Antoine Watkins, nine carries, 76 yards, one TD. Pereira ran the football 12 times. For 65 yards. In the receiving realm, Cordell David, five catches, 54 yards. Star Thompson, two catches, 18 yards, one TD. Eric Marish, one catch, two yards, one TD. Jonathan Bradley, four catches, 43 yards, one TD in the game. For BG, McDonald was two for four for 30 yards, one interception, QBR 63.8. <coughs> you give the favor to. Bowling Green's Caden Oath, 14 for 22 for 191 yards, 1 TD. QBR rating was a 68.8. As Jason Patterson had 6 carries for 23 yards. Cameron Oath, Caden Oath, 4 carries, 16 yards. Tyron Key, 6 carries, 8 yards. For him, he had in the reception realm with 3 catches, 69 yards. Christian Sims, 4 catches, 56 yards. Uh, Tyron Bowden, 2 catches, 33 yards, 1 TD in the game for him. Overall team stats looked like this for overall for our Falcons. They had 16 first downs to New Mexico State's 21. On third down, New Mexico State was 11 for 17. Bowling Green was 3 for 9. Total yards. Bowling Green had 294 total yards of offense. It can't be. It can't happen like that. With 221 through the air, 73 yards on the ground. New Mexico State had 407 yards of total offense, 167 through the air, 240 yards on the ground. Unbelievable. Eight penalties, 54 yards for New Mexico State. Five penalties, 46 yards for Bowling Green. They had two turnovers in the game, which cost Bowling Green in the game with one fumble and one interception. New Mexico State had one interception thrown. New Mexico State led in time of possession at 38 minutes and 10 seconds. Bowling Green, 21 minutes and 50 seconds. So the Bowling Green Falcons fall to 6-7. and seven. The second loss in the Mid-American Conference when it comes to bowl games. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, it was a good game. It made me stay in my seat the entire time until the final play of the final drive for New Mexico State. But in the end, you know, it, it was a successful season. I, I look at this as a successful season. All right, I'll eat crow. I'm going to eat crow here for a second. I told you that I wanted Matt. I wanted um, Scott Leffler fire. You know, coming off of this bowling, off of the Toledo win, I think you know he did a lot better job. I think he has done a lot better job. I, I said six wins is where he needs to be. He gets to the six win mark this year. He gets another shot. I think next year. I want to see what he does in the transfer portal. I want to see his recruits outcoming. See how this team is going to perform next year. The Nino has been moved. He, he has said this many times. That his seniors this year have definitely moved the needle when it comes to 
this team, and this franchise, and this and this organization. So we'll see what happens. We'll absolutely see what happens. I hope it's positive. We'll dive into that more as we come on to 2023. And we'll give you full coverage on Bowling Green football, too, in 2023 as well. Uh, we're going to play now the audio from the Scott Leffler presser after the game as Bowling Green fell to the New Mexico State Aggies by a score of 24-19. Here is head coach Scott Leffler at the podium at the Quick Lane Bowl. Yeah, um, our objective uh, in this game was to uh, win this game for the seniors, and uh, it's very disappointing to, in terms of uh, falling short because these guys have uh, been through a lot, and uh, we uh, they moved, helped move, helped us move the needle of uh, our program. It's the first time we've been to a bowl game in a while, and uh, obviously we wanted to win this game to springboard into 23. And uh, we had some adversity strike by losing the quarterback early. Um, there's some things with discipline that we need to get better at. I said it to our staff um, um, when uh, bowl prep began. You know, we're number two in the conference in passing the football, uh, but we're 11th in rushing. And, and uh, I can promise you this. This is the one thing I can promise you is that uh, we're going to run the football next year. Our back is back. We've got another freshman that is exceptional, and I promise you, because that's toughness. And, uh, I mean, just look at the stats. We lost this football game because of turnovers and we couldn't run the ball. And uh, I can assure you this. That's one thing that's going to happen. Come hell or high water, we are going to run the football. And uh, we run the football. We take care of the football. We'll be back here playing again here soon. Because we got a really good football team. We just need to clean some things up and take the next step with uh, discipline on a consistent basis. And uh, we're going to do that. But whenever you're 11th in the conference in rushing and uh, you know, you're living by the pass, I'm a quarterback guy and all that, but I do know one thing. You better be able to run the football. Cause so come hell or high water, everything that we're going to be doing this spring is going to be built around running the ball. We do that, we'll be back here in a theater near you. Jordan, Coach mentioned obviously you guys wanted to win this for the senior class. They've done so much for this program to get you guys to this point. Just your thoughts on how you guys performed today, just kind of going out in the session. Um, like Coach said, you know, it's really heartbreaking because that was one of our main goals, to, you know, send the seniors out on a good note. Just, we had came up short, you know, we faced adversity in the season and, you know, we we're trying to overcome that this this game, but um, came up short. But one thing I can say, and I know the seniors can say that, you know, we, we gave it our all, so at least we can appreciate them for that. So. What do you feel the senior class was able to do from when you first came in as a freshman to put this team in a position and moving forward? Um, they definitely created history, you know, um, just leading by example, doing things the right way, changing from what they, they what we came from and where we are now. Um, just definitely overall good example, good leadership that uh, the young guys can follow. Camden, obviously you came in in the second drive. Um, just kind of what was your mindset once you saw Matt get hurt and go forward from there? Um, 
just be able to lead the ship, kind of like Matt's done this entire year. You know, he goes down, it's my job to step in and do exactly what Matt did. Yeah, obviously that second half, the offense kind of had a rhythm. Uh, you guys were able to score some points. Kind of what was what was the difference between the first half and the second half in terms of the offense? Just keep pushing. And we were we were we were starting drives. We just weren't finishing. So we just our goal was to finish drives. And you know, I had some POA missed opportunities on my end, but you know, you can't look at it. you can't go back now. But you know, we were just we just kept keep going forward, keep going forward. Kent, did you and Matt talk at all either after he went down or after this game? Yes, sir. We talked on the sideline after uh, he went down, but uh, just a little bit. Yes, sir. Uh, so originally, I didn't think they were going to kick it to me, but uh, when they did kick it to me, I just made my magic happen. Yeah, I had a couple good blocks. And that's all I needed. Special teams, we always pre special teams to win games. We get a bit play on special teams, spark us to win the game. Captain of Toronto, Coach mentioned this game was not only to give the seniors one final victory, but also to springboard uh, to 2023. You guys are obviously coming back next year. What is it? What is this just being in this bowl game and, and playing in this atmosphere for this team for next year? Uh, this was a great atmosphere. We will be back next year. It's going to be a bowl game. We'll be back next year. I thought. Uh, I thought Cam uh, went in there, and that's not easy. Um, you know, we had a, that entire game plan was built around that, and uh, I thought he did a great job, and particularly in the second half, adapting and adjusting, and that is a absolute. No one knows how hard it is to be the backup quarterback, and uh, when you get thrown in the mix like that, we had to adapt and adjust, and we did to give him a chance in the second half. First half, we did not, so... That first half, um, we were scrambling, and uh, I thought he did an excellent job in the second half of, uh, of our team. So I'm proud of you with that and proud of all these guys here. But we're going we're gonna to run the ball, and we're going to stop the run. And uh, that's defying. That's football from day one. And whenever you're 11th in both, that's, that's not championship football. We were cute because we could throw it. But uh, at the end of the day, the background that I've been around, it's about running the football and stopping the run. And um, we were able to dodge bullets this year, but um, that's toughness in my opinion. Can you run it and can you stop the run? And um, I can assure you, just like I said, that that problem will be handled. We have any more questions for student-athletes? Jordan, just for you. Perfect. This is your final game. You know, and it means you've got to get a long day. You've had a couple of big plays today, obviously. And just kind of take me through kind of, you know, what it meant for you to, to be here in Detroit playing alongside your teammates and just finish your career in this fashion. And, I mean, obviously, you guys wanted the victory, but just playing in this game, playing in fourth field, I just, you know, being on that field in this type of environment. Hi, Coach Sam. I'm just trying to do it for this, uh, you know, senior class. You know, Carl and Wall, you know, the guys that, you know, being here for like six years, you know, they, this is their first bowl game ever. And just like me being here for four years, I've never been to a bowl game either. So, you know, just to do it for them in, just to come back from my hometown, being from Detroit, born and raised, you know, just give a good uh, show for my fans and family that finally got to see me play. Okay, Kevin, thank you. 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 Thank you.
and I know the objective was to win, right? But being down 17 in the third quarter to get within that slight margin of almost pulling it off, you take solace in that given everything you run against personally? I'm just, I mean, I'm glad the offense didn't let, didn't give up. Obviously, that's that's a great thing to see, but obviously, the win is what we wanted. The number one uh, objective, which we failed on, was to contain the quarterback. Um, the third down and longs um, with the quarterback scrambling and making a play um, really hurt us, and uh, particularly the last one. We're in a, an 11 up heat, every gap's contained, and we, we, let, uh, we lost contain on the edge. Um, if we stay outside, every gap's covered. I thought it was a great call. And, um, but again, that's, that's the little things, the discipline, all that. I mean, if we evaluate, truly evaluate, we were, you know, the, and I always say it, January through September 1 is when you win the season. That's, that's when it's won. It's not won during the season, never has been. And um, we were at times, I look back at months, awesome three 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 and a half weeks out of the month and there was a half month that we weren't and um, that area needs to change and needs to improve and just like i said you know this game's all about running the football and stopping the run so we did we failed at uh, stopping their quarterback plain and simple and uh, he's a good football player my hat's off to jerry it's a great win for them i'm excited for him uh, but uh, I'm excited to get uh, back uh, this team back on January 9th, and it's time to move it one more time, and we're going to. It was good. Yeah, I thought our special teams were good. Uh, I think our special teams has been good all season long. We've created big plays. Uh, we've got another kid uh, that's going to join Mar or, uh, Payshon Wimberley. And we will lead the country in block punts next year because he's faster than Fayshawn. And uh, we're going to block punts. And that's a formula of winning. But um, just like I said, uh, you know, we've got to uh, – my, my whole deal is just look at the stats overall. You run the ball, you stop the run, you protect the ball, you win. And uh, you can't be living and, and being cutesy. You know, I'm, I'm glad, yeah, great, we can throw it. But it's going to – I mean, go look, go evaluate the teams that th just throw the ball in the country. Go evaluate. They're 6-6 six and six all the time. They really are. I mean, you can, you can, you can say it however it is. They lead the nation in, in passing, and everyone goes, oh, great. And their defense stinks, and they're 6-6. Six and six. And there's no difference with us right now. And until we run the football, stop the run, um, that's football 101, and that's got to change. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough. Um, just like I said, we had to adapt and adjust uh, to do what Cam could do. Just like I said, that's not an easy job. Um, it's not an easy job whatsoever. But I, I thought our staff did a great job of getting to the things that we needed to get to in the second half. I don't know if we did a great job with that in the first half. Um, we were kind of uh, wheeling there a little bit. Um, but uh, I thought uh, we gave him at least a chance in the second half, and that's all you can ask for.
I don't want to say what I think until I watch the tape. But I, my eyes normally don't lie. And uh, I've had that happen twice in a bowl game. One to Logan Thomas, not a Matt McDonald, same as scenario. And I don't want to say anything until I watch the tape, but my eyes don't lie. So we'll see where that one was. Anything else? Yeah, they moved the needle of the program. We were really bad, and we went from really bad to slightly above average. And uh, now it's time to take that next step. If we can move it from above average to elite, we got enough talent in that locker room. And we added a couple birds uh, uh, from the transfer portal from the high school. We're going to have a chance to have a heck of a team. But uh, when you really evaluate the whole big picture, and I've been thinking about this a ton, um, we weren't ready yet to win the championship. Not yet. There's still things and still uh, items that we got to clean up. And uh, we got to stop getting penalties uh, when the other team shoves us. And uh, in 1997, we won the national championship because the Iowa three technique punched our center right in the face, and our center did nothing. And we got the ball on the three-yard line and won the game, came from behind 20, down 21. And it was because of discipline with that. And uh, we gotta, we got we to gotta clean some things up. And uh, I know it. Our staff knows it. Our team knows it. Uh, am I disappointed with these seniors, how they moved it? No, we were awful. And we went from awful to just, like I said, a little bit above average. And now it's time to take that next step. Yeah, they were uh, poster children of uh, how much we have changed this place. Uh, Walt and Carl, I've said it to them 100 times. You heard me say it 100 times. They were the worst practice players I've ever been around. They were they're poor attitude, you name it, it, it was there. And um, they changed. They really moved the needle with our young guys about how business is supposed to be done. Walt Hare is going to be a super successful man. Uh, he's got juice. He's got energy. Um, he's got it, but he learned it. And uh, Carl's the same way. Carl will go to the next level. Um, and all the great lessons that he's learned from this program, They'll translate into the NFL, and he'll be just fine. And then after football, he'll be just fine too. But um, super proud of him. And that's what I, my message is to our team right now. The, the easy thing to do with football right now is to leave and all that. It's, it's about development, plain and simple. So this team sticks together. This team, um, we had a few, uh, uh, couple holes that we need to fill. We run the ball better and stop the run, clean up a little bit of discipline things, move the needle from just like we did last year, this team was going to be okay. So um, that's what we're going to do. And uh, we said it wasn't going to be easy, and it hasn't been easy, but uh, we got one more big step. And this step, in my opinion, is harder than the, the step that we just took because being elite every day and doing the right things on a consistent basis is hard, and uh, especially in college football right now. It's a clown show, but uh, we're going to be different. We're going to be different. 
and I challenged our guys to be different. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make uh, everyone proud. I can promise you that. But we need to run the ball and stop the run. Plain and simple. So you just heard Scott Leffler, the head coach of our Bowling Green State University Falcons, at the press conference after their loss in the Quick Lane Bowl by a score of twenty-four to nineteen in the game. And uh, we'll see how this, the transfer portal, as well as what recruiting is going to do and what this team is going to look like come the fall of 2023. And we'll give you all the coverage of our Bowling Green State University Falcon football team right here on All Andy Alford in 2023. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. Now let's dive into some of the rest of the bowl games that have been taking place since we last left with you. On the 16th of December, it was the Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl as Miami of Ohio take on, took on UAB. UAB with a big 24-20 win over the Miami Redhawks. 25th ranked UTSA took on 24th ranked Troy in the Duluth Training Cure Bowl on Friday the 16th of December. It was... Troy with a big 18-12 win over UTSA. On the 17th of December in the Wasabi Fenway Park Bowl as it was Cincinnati taking on the Louisville uh, Cardinals and the Cardinals getting the better of the Bobcats by a score of 24-7. In the Las Vegas Bowl, the SRS Distribution Las Vegas Bowl, it was the Florida Gators taking on the 14th ranked Oregon State Beavers and the Beavers pounded out the Gators by the score of 30-3. Fresno State took on Washington State in the Jimmy Kimmel Live Bowl presented by Staffel in at SoFi Stadium in beautiful Inglewood, California as the Bulldogs get the better of the of the Cougars by a score of 29-6. In the Lending Tree Bowl, it was Southern Miss taking on Rice and Southern Miss getting the big 38-24 win over Rice. New Mexico's Bowl, the New Mexico Bowl, saw SMU taking on BYU, and BYU just beating the Mustangs of SMU by a score of 24-23. In the Frisco Bowl, presented by Pro, it was the Boise State Broncos taking on North Texas, as the Broncos getting a big 35-32 win over North Texas. In the Myrtle Beach Bowl, it was UConn taking on Marshall, and Marshall getting a 28-14 win. In that game, then we got to December twentieth, which is a Tuesday night. Two Mac schools took took the field. First, it was the famous Idaho Potato Idaho Potato Bowl at San Jose State. Took on the <coughs> excuse me. Took on Eastern Michigan University in Boise, Idaho, on the blue turf, and the Eastern Michigan Eagles getting a huge win over San Jose State. A score of 41-27. to 27. Then we got the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, and that was the big one for fans here in the Northwest Ohio area as the University of Toledo Rockets took on the Liberty Eagles. And Toledo gets the better of it, which Daquan Finn having a breakout game for him. He was stellar in his performance. He was 16 for 24 for 133 yards, one TD, his QBR rating was a 68.6. Tucker Gleason came in as well and played. He was 2 for 4 for 50 yards. QBR rating of an 82.9, but it was mostly Jaquan Stewart 
who had 23 carries for 111 yards in the game. Finn also carried the ball 17 times for 23 yards, ran the football in once. Liberty, it was Caden Salter, 12 for 20 for 84 yards, one TD, QBR rating of a 61.2. It was all Rockets. The Rockets getting the big win by a score of 21 to 19. Liberty made it a game late in the game, but in the end, the Rockets hand Liberty their first bowl loss by a score of 21 to 19 in the game. If you look at it overall, the time of possession was favored to the Rockets at 40 minutes and 3 seconds to Liberty's 19 minutes and 57 seconds. The Rockets had 356 total yards of offense to Liberty's 253. Rockets had 27 first downs to Liberty's 12 at beautiful Boca Raton, Florida in the rain of 20,622 in attendance in Boca Raton. So the Rockets getting a big win there. Then we get to the next day on the 21st of December as Western Kentucky took on South Alabama in the RL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. That took place in the Dome. And Western Kentucky getting a 44-23 win over South Alabama. In the Luke, uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, it was the Air Force Academy taking on the Baylor Bears on the 22nd of December. And the Air Force getting a big 30-15 win over Baylor. On Christmas Eve Eve, it was the Reliance Technology Independence Bowl as it was Houston taking on the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana, University of Louisiana, and Houston big 23-16 win over Louisiana. And then on the next night, the next game was the Union Home Mortgage Gaspella Bowl as Wake Forest getting a 27-17 win over Missouri. And on Christmas Eve, of course, one of my favorite bowl games is the Easy Post Hawaii Bowl as Middle Tennessee State took on San Diego State and Middle Tennessee State, a big 25-23 win over San Diego State. Like I mentioned before, the Falcons fall to New Mexico State the day after Christmas by a score of 24-19. This past Tuesday, we had two games, we had four games on the day on the docket. It was the Raycon Camellia Bowl taking as Buffalo took on Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern made it a game, but in the end, it was a big four, first down play, a big third down play to get the first down for Buffalo to seal the win for the Buffalo Bulls by a score of 23-21. to 21. In the Surf Pro, Pro First Responders Bowl, it was Memphis taking on Utah State. Memphis a big 38-10 to 10 win in that one. The ticket smarter Birmingham Bowl saw Eastern Carolina taking on Coastal Carolina and Eastern Carolina putting a shellacking on Coastal by a score of 53-29. to 29. And then you had the Guarantee Rate Bowl, which had Wisconsin taking on Oklahoma State in the Guarantee Rate Bowl, and Wisconsin getting the big 24-17 win over Oklahoma State. And then yesterday, the 28th of December, you had the Military Bowl, as used, uh, presented by Periton, as Duke took on UCF, and Duke a big 30-13 to 13 win over the Scarlet Knights of UCF. The Autos of Liberty Bowl went into three overtimes, ladies and gentlemen. Three overtimes. Wow. In the end, the Razorbacks getting the win over the Kansas Jayhawks by a score of 55 to 53. If you had the over in that game, wow. Unbelievable. The San Diego Credit, uh, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, one of my favorites. Saw the 15th-ranked Oregon Ducks taking on the Tar Heels of North Carolina and the Ducks getting the job done over the Tar Heels 
by one point by the score of 28-27. to 27. You have the Tax Act. Texas Bowl saw Texas Tech taking on Ole Miss. <coughs> and Texas Tech getting a big 42-25 win over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. We have three games that are on the docket today. One has just gone final, and that was the Bad Boys Mowers Pinstripe Bowl as the Syracuse Orange, led by former head coach of our Bowling Green Falcons, Dino Babers, took on Row the Boat. Yes, Minnesota's Golden Gophers, led by P.J. Fleck, and they rowed the boat up Manhattan where the game was played at Yankee Stadium. The field was getting torn up here and there. I was watching some of the game tonight. And Minnesota, a big 28-20 win in that affair. The Cheez-It Bowl, which is taking place right now, and I have my Cheez-Its right next to me, of course, as it is Oklahoma, the Sooners of Oklahoma, taking on the 13th-ranked Florida State Seminoles in the bowl, the Cheez-It Bowl with uh, about six minutes to go left in the third quarter. Oklahoma's up 17-11 to on the Seminoles of Florida State. Tonight, the nightcap will be the Valero Alamo Bowl as 20th-ranked Texas takes on the 12th-ranked Washington Huskies at 9 o'clock on ESPN in that game. So, those are all games that have been played. Now, let's take a look at the rest of the slate going forward. For tomorrow, there will be five bowl games tomorrow, highlighted by two big ones that I want you to circle for these games. Okay. The Duke Mayo Bowl, of course, will be at noon on ESPN as Maryland takes on 23rd ranked NC State. Noon kick on ESPN. 2 o'clock kick on CBS. The Pitt Panthers take on the 18th ranked UCLA Bruins. UCLA 9-3, Pitt 8-4, UCLA an 8-point favorite in the game. 2 o'clock kick on CBS. But this is one that I would like for you to circle. 21st-ranked Notre Dame will take on the 19th-ranked South Carolina Gamecocks. Both teams 8-4. 3.30 kick on ESPN. Notre Dame a 3.5-point favorite in this game. Circle that game for a game to watch tomorrow. Also, a game to watch tomorrow will be the Barstool Arizona Bowl, the first inaugural game for the Barstool Sports brand in the Arizona Bowl. As 9-4 Ohio takes on 7-5 Wyoming. 4-30 kick that game exclusively on the Barstool app. Ohio a 2.5 point favorite in this game. Circle that game as well. The Capital One Orange Bowl will take place tomorrow night. 8 o'clock kick at 6th ranked Tennessee. Now remember, there will be no uh, hooker in the game. No hooker in the game. Clemson and Tennessee. 8 o'clock kick on ESPN. Clemson's six-point favorite of the game in that one. Of those five games, I would take NC State, UCLA, Notre Dame, Ohio, and Clemson. Okay, and that leads us to Saturday, the big day. The big bowl games that will be New Year's Eve, on New Year's Eve. 5th-ranked Alabama battles 9th-ranked Kansas State. Noon kick, Alabama 10-2, Kansas State 10-3. Overall, Alabama 6.5-point favorite in the All-State Sugar Bowl. Noon kick on ESPN. I'm definitely taking Bama in that one. 
The Trans Perfect Music City Bowl, noon kick on ABC. Iowa versus Kentucky, both teams 7-5. Iowa a two-point favorite. I'm taking Iowa in that game, which sets up the college football playoff matchup for everybody. As third-ranked TCU takes on second-ranked Michigan. Four o'clock kick on ESPN. TCU 12-1, Michigan a perfect 13-0. Michigan a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Definitely take the Wolverines in that game. And then you have the nightcap. The Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl as the fourth-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes who are 11-1 overall battle the number one team in the country, the 13-0 Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, six-and-a-half-point favorite in the game. Eight o'clock kick on ESPN. I'm going to take Georgia, unfortunately, in this game. I think Georgia with Sense and Bennett is just too much, I think, for the off for the for the defense of Ohio State. I just I, I just have that feeling that Ohio State's just gonna get trounced in this game, in my opinion. Then we get to the games on January second. Now there will be no college football on New Year's Day because that is led by the NFL, with it being on a Sunday. Roy Quest Bowl as 22nd-ranked Mississippi State. As Mike Leach is has passed, they will still play their bowl game. They will take on the fighting Illini. New kick on ESPN2. Mississippi State a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I'm taking Mississippi State. The Goodyear Cotton Bowl as 16th-ranked Tulane. 11-2 overall. Takes on 10th-ranked USC. 1 o'clock kick on ESPN. I'm going to take USC in that game. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. The Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. 17th-ranked LSU. 9-4 overall battles the Purdue Boilermakers, who are 8-5 overall. LSU 14.5-point favorite in this game. I am taking LSU in the game. And then the granddaddy of them all. The best bowl game, I believe, of all. The Rose Bowl, which will be taking place in beautiful, sunny Pasadena, California. As it will be the 11th-ranked Penn State Nittany Lions taking on the 8th-ranked Utah. Utah, two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Five o'clock kick on ESPN. Taking Penn State. We'll set up the national championship. I have Penn, Michigan versus Georgia for the national championship, and I have Michigan beating Georgia by a score of 35 to 32. I think the defense is there. So that is the college football spectrum right here on All Andy Offer tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. From the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now let's dive into the National Football League. Cinderella, the winning streak for the Lions is over, but the playoff hopes are still alive. So we talked college football. It's now time to talk about the National Football League. And we're going to start first and foremost with what happened in Cleveland. Of course, the bitterly cold game with the Saints as it was a balmy 5 degrees on Christmas Eve 
which then was a negative 15 by the stadium. The Saints and the Browns, the Browns led by Deshaun Watson, you know, not much scoring in the first quarter, but then Deshaun Watson with a 12-yard touchdown run to get the Browns up 7 to nothing at the 14:55 mark of the second period. Then another 3 and out for the Saints, another 3 and out for the Browns, another 3 and out for the Saints, which then led to the Browns getting the football back and Caden York getting a 30-yard field goal making it a 10-0 lead for the Browns. But then after that, it was all Saints. It's Will Lutz with the momentum, getting the field goal with no time left in the first half, making it a 10-3 football game. Then in the third quarter, Taysom Hill with an 8-yard touchdown run at the 940 mark of the period, making it a 10-10 game. And then with 55 seconds left to go in the third quarter, Alvin Kamara with a four-yard touchdown run, making it 17-10. And that is all she wrote. As the Browns, with that loss, they're now 6-9, are now eliminated. Eliminated. From the playoffs. As it was Deshaun Watson for the Browns. 15 for 31 for 335 135 yards. No TDs, one interceptions. QBR rating was a 20.3. Nick Chubb, 24 carries, 92 yards. Watson, 3 carries, 24 yards, 1 TD. Kareem Hunt, 7 carries, 8 yards, no TDs. Mari Cooper, 6 catches, 72 yards, no TDs. David Bell, 1 catch, 18 yards. David Nujoku, 2 catches, 14 yards. But he dropped the ball so much in that game. Hunt had three catches for 14 yards as well. For the Saints, it was Andy Dalton, the ginger Jesus. Eight for 15 for 92 yards, no TDs, one interception. QBR was a 23.7. Alvin Kamara was the leading runner. 20 carries, 76 yards, one TD. Tyson Hill, Taysom Hill, nine carries, 56 yards, one TD. Rashid Sheehead, four catches, 41 yards. Alvin Kamara, two catches, 34 yards. Both teams, no TDs. Team stats look like this. <coughs> Excuse me. The Browns, 15 first downs to the Saints, 14. On third down, the Browns were 7 for 16. The Saints were 7 for 15. On the fourth down, the Browns were 1 for 3. New Orleans did not make an attempt. They had 249 total yards of offense for the Browns, 125 through the air, 124 on the ground. For the Saints, they had 224 yards of total offense, 92 through the air, 152 on the ground, two penalties for 15 yards for the Saints, four penalties, 45 yards for the Browns. Both teams had two, one interception apiece. Time of possession went towards the Browns at 30 minutes and 46 seconds. The Saints, 29 minutes, 14 seconds. So the Browns eliminated from the playoffs at 6-9. Cinderella ends the journey for the Browns. However, for the Lions, Cinderella's winning streak ends as they up get upended by the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are just, you know, they they just they dominated this game. And Golf did not have a great game in this game. 
Jared Goff did not have a great game. I'll admit that to you guys. Jared Goff did not have a great game. After having high hopes for him, he did not play a great game. As it was the, the Panthers getting a 37-23 win over the Lions. The Lions still have hope to get into the playoffs, and we'll get to that here in just a second. We'll get to that in just a second. But Rashir Blackshear, 7-yard run, making it 7 nothing. Carolina, 11:57 into the first period. And then Shane Azir getting a 3-yard pass from Jared Goff, making it 7-7, but San Darnold running it in. In the second quarter, making it a 14-7 lead. And then Lions go three and out. Give the football back to the car, the excuse me, to the Panthers. Deoto Foreman, a four-yard run, makes it a 21-7 lead. Lions can't capitalize. Panero gets the foot, they get the football back. Panero with no time in the period. Kicks the field goal. And it's 24-7. At the break. We get to the third quarter and DJ Moore gets a five-yard pass from Sam Darnold. It's 31-7. Then the Lions started chipping. They get another pass from Goff from Zazir. Goff from, from Goff to Zazir. Makes it, they go for the two-point conversion and they fail. I don't understand why he went for two. I really don't. I really don't understand that. That was in the third quarter with three minutes and nine seconds to play. Start of the fourth quarter, Panero gets the the Panthers get the football back to go in. Panero kicks a 40-yard field goal. It's 34-13. Zazir gets the pass from Goff. It's 24. It's 34-20. Panero another field goal. Bradley a field goal, but that was all the scoring. And the Lions fall. 37. 23 to the Carolina Panthers. As Jared Goff, 25 for 42 for 355 total yards of offense. Three touchdowns, no interceptions, QBR 60.6. So he had a great game. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong, he had a great game. He also ran the ball three times for 15 yards. DeAndre Swift, four carries, 12 yards. Jamal Williams, 7 carries, 11 yards. Amat St. Brown, 7 catches, 76 yards. DJ Clark, 4 catches, 108 yards. Shane Zazir, 5 catches, 26 yards, 3 TDs in the game for him. 3. Sam Darnold, 15 for 22 for the Panthers. 250 total yards, 1 TD, no interceptions. QBR, 85.4. The old foreman, 21 carries, 165 yards, 1 TD. Darnold also 6 carries, 19 yards, 1 TD in the game. Rashir Raheem Blackshear, 3 carries, 3 yards, 1 TD. DJ Moore, 5 catches, 83 yards. Terrence Marshall Jr., 2 catches, 55 yards. Lavasque Schalt Jr., 3 catches, 53 yards. The overall team stats for this game, for for the Panthers, they had 30 first down, so the Lions 22 on third down. The Lions were 4 for 12. The Panthers were 3-for-9. The Lions were 2-for-3 on 4th down. The Panthers were 1-for-1. One one. The Panthers had 570 total yards of offense, 250 through the air, 320 on the ground. The Lions had 381 total yards of offense, 336 through the air, 
45 yards on the ground. That run defense was there for the Panthers. The Lions had four penalties for 30 yards, but the Panthers, 10 penalties, 74 yards of penalties. Unbelievable. The fumble costing the Lions the game. They were the one turnover in the game. The Lions had 24 minutes and 47 seconds in time of possession. Panthers, 35 minutes and 13 seconds in time of possession. So that is that. The Lions are still mathematically still in playoff hunt. We'll get into that here in just a second. But other than that, it's time to recap Week 16 in the National Football League. It's time. It's time to recap Week 16 International Football League right here on All Andy Alfred. Whoop! Weaving in with Thursday Night Football as it was I'm Touchdown Jesus. Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence taking on I Bang Moms, Zach Wilson, and the New York J-E-T-S Jets. As Trevor Lawrence was in a very, very celebratory and Christmas mood as the Jags pounded on the Jets by a score of 19-3, giving the Jets no hope for a postseason. Whoop! We then head to Saturday, Christmas Eve. It's an early Christmas gift. The NFL slate has arrived as it was the Buffalo Bills led by Josh Allen taking on Justin Fields of gold forever. And the Chicago Bears. And it was all Josh Allen in this game. Allen and his Bills piled through as they have a deep playoff run in sight as they pounded the Bears by a score of 35 to 13. The Bears are now 3 and 13. Woohoo! Terrible. The Saints get the job done. You heard the recap. Over the Browns, 17 to 10. And eliminating the Cleveland Clowns. Woo! We then head out to Arrowhead as I'm Penny Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. And the Kansas City Chiefs taking on Geno Time. Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And it was Penny Mahomes with Travis Kelsey. Pounding it out on a cold day as Andy Reid. Gets his cheeseburger with a 24-10 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Woo! We then head out to the whiteout in Skull Country. As it was the Minnesota Vikings led by Kirk Cousins. Taking on the G-Men in the New York Football Giants. A classic matchup that went back and forth, back and forth. And in the end, it was Greg Joseph. With a 61-yard field goal just to tuck it in to beat the Giants. 27-24. Cousins, 34 for 48 for 299 yards. Three TDs. Woo! We then head over to Foxborough. And what's the process? In the New England Patriots taking on I'm Joe Burrow. And the Cincinnati Bengals. And a late turnover in the red zone for the Pats. Gives the Bengals a much-needed win. As Jacoby Myers fumbles the football with the opportunity to take the lead and take the win. He fumbles it. Joe Burrow 
40 for 52 for 375 yards, three TDs. Two interceptions. As the Bengals, who day, who day, clinch the win, 22-18. Woo! As you heard earlier, the Carolina Panthers shellacked the, Brown, the Lions by a score of 37-23. to We then head out to BBT Place in beautiful <laughs> MTD Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland, as it was the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Lamarless Baltimore Ravens, as it was all Justin Tucker show in this game, as Demarius Robbins was the only score touchdown, as it was the Ravens getting a big 17-9 win over the Atlanta Falcons as Huntley was 9 for 17 for 115 yards. The Panth the Pan the Ravens absolutely look dominating. Woo! We then head down to beautiful Tennessee. It's tightened to tighten up, but no way. The Houston Texans. Find a way <coughs> and shut it down as Braden Cook gets the six-yard pass from David Mills. The two-point conversion fails, but it was all Houston as they get the job done. 19 to 14 over the Titans. The Titans are tightening up, but they're falling back in the AFC South. What? We then head down. Over to the Bay Area, as it is not Jimmy G time, it's block time, it's block party! As he shook off the struggling first half that he had, and he put his big boy pants on and scored big in the second half. As Christian McCaffrey with the one-yard touchdown run seals the deal for the 49ers. As they beat up on the Washington football team, I mean the Washington Commanders, 37-20. Woo! And sir, secure themselves a spot in the postseason. Woo! We then head to the 4 o'clock America's Game of the Week. As it was the Fly Eagles Fly on the road to victory. Taking on, I'm Jared Jones and Dan Prescott. Zeke Elliott and the Dallas Cowboys and the Cowboys find a way find a way to get the job done by two late Brett Marner field goals as CeeDee Lamb got the tying touchdown, a seven yard touchdown run Brad Mercer kicks the two field goals and the Dallas Cowboys Get a big 40 to 34 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. They have an opportunity to win the NFC East. What? As it was no Jalen Hurts, but Gardner Minshew. 24 for 40 for 355 yards, two TDs, two interceptions in the game. Woo! We then head into the Saturday night late game as it was the anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. As it was the Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. And it was Kenny Pickett from George Pickens for a 14-yard pass. 
with 46 seconds left to go in the game to propel the Steelers to a 13 to 10 win as Pickett was 26 for 39 for 244 yards. Derek Carr, a terrible outing. He is now benched for this week's game in week 17. He was 16 for 30 for 174 yards, one TD, three interceptions in the game. The Steelers, a 13-10 win over the Raiders. Woo! Merry Christmas as Sunday, 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 December 25th saw three big games on the docket as we head down to Miami to see taking on I want some wheatgrass and some Husqvarna. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And Tua, a terrible game for him as he throws three picks in the game. He was 16 for 25 for 310 yards, one TD. Rodgers, 24 for 38 for 238, one TD, one interception. Mason Crosby came in clutch in the game. Late as it was the Packers getting the 26, the 20 win over the Miami Dolphins. And the Dolphins are now without Tua. It will be Teddy Bridgewater to start week 17. And they have a huge game in Foxborough, possibly a playoff position. Woo! He then had the Nickelodeon game as it was Broncos Nation. Let's ride! And the, with Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos taking on I'm Baker Mayfield. And the Los Angeles Rams. And the Rams putting a shellacking, sliming their way to a huge 51-14 win. Putting the 50-burger on the Denver Broncos. And the Broncos then firing their head coach this week. Woo! We close out the Sunday slate with Sunday Night Football on NBC. Tom Brady and the Buccaneers taking on Colt McCoy and the Arizona Cardinals. As Brady rallies the troops, finding a way as it was Trace McSorley instead of Colt McCoy, my apologies. The Penn State grad, 24 for 45 for 217 yards. He threw one interception. <laughs> the GOAT, 32 for 48 for 281 yards, one TD, two interceptions. But it was Ryan Scope kicking the game-winning field goal, tying the game at 227 in the fourth quarter. He kicks the game winner with three minutes and 41 seconds left to go in the overtime period. The Bucks a 19-16 win, keeping their playoff hopes alive. Woo! We have Monday Night Football, the last game in Week 16, as it was the Chargers taking on the Indianapolis Colts, and it was all Justin Herbert overpowering the Colts in the game. As Cameron Dicker, Dicker the kicker, proving that he can get the job done. As Austin Eckler gets the one-yard touchdown run to cap off the win for the Chargers, 20-3. As Herbert, 24 for 31 for 235 yards, one interception. As Nick Foles, 17 for 29, three interceptions, 143 yards. And that is your look at Week 16 in the National Football League.
So you just heard Week 16's recap in the National Football League. It's now time to take a look at Week 17 in the NFL slate. And we'll begin tonight with a big game that's going to take place in beautiful Tennessee, in Nashville, Tennessee, as it is the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Tennessee Titans. That's going to be an 8-15 kickoff for that one on Amazon Prime as it is Dallas favored by 13 and a half. The over-under is 40 and a half. I'm going to take Dallas in this game. Clear as, clear as ever. Looks like it's going to be raining there. So that game getting ready to kick off here in just a few minutes. Let's take a look also at the rest of the slate. In week 17, the final for an ultra Bowl week, before we get to the final week of the regular season right here on All Andy Alfred. Let's take a look at the Sunday slate on January 1st, as it will be the Arizona Cardinals, 4-11, traveling to Atlanta to battle the Atlanta Falcons, who are 5-10. Atlanta, a three-point favorite in this game. I am taking Atlanta in the game. Denver travels out to Kansas City. 1 o'clock kick on CBS. Kansas City, a 12.5-point favorite. Kansas City, plain and simple. The Dolphins, 8-7. Without Tua Televailoa, travel up to Foxborough to take on the 7-8 New England Patriots. New England, a 2.5-point favorite in this game. I'm taking New England this game with Teddy Bridgewater now, the quarterback. It's plain and simple. I'm going to take Mac Jones. The Indianapolis Colts, 4-10-1, will battle the G-Men of the New York football Giants, who are 8-6-1. 1 o'clock kick on CBS. The G-Men are 5.5-point favorites in this game. I'm going to take the Giants in the game. New Orleans, after their huge win over, over Cleveland, will travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. The Eagles 13-2, the Saints 6-9. Philadelphia 6.5-point favorite. I'm taking Philly in that game. Air, Carolina, 6-9 overall, will travel to Tampa Bay. Take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa 3-point favorite, 1 o'clock kick on Fox. I'm taking Tampa Bay. In the game, I think Tampa gets the win and saves their season, and they'll clinch a playoff spot with that. Jacksonville seven and eight overall takes on the Houston Texans, who are two twelve and one. Jacksonville a four point favorite. I think touchdown Jesus and Trevor Lawrence get the job done for that one. So it sets up the early games in the local market. We'll begin with the 1 o'clock kick on Fox. It's 7-7-1. Seven, seven the Washington Commanders take on the 6-9 Cleveland Browns. Washington, a two-point favorite in this game. I'm going to take the Commanders in the game, which sets up the 1 o'clock kick on Fox as well. As 3-12, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears travel to Ford Field for the last home game of the season, the Lions. 7-8, looking for a playoff spot. The Lions, a six-point favorite. I'm taking Detroit in the game, which then sets up to the 4 o'clock slate as Brock Purdy and the 49ers travel to Las Vegas to battle the Vegas Raiders with no Derek Carr. San Francisco, a 9.5-point favorite. I'm taking San Francisco in that game. The Jets with Geno Smith travel. Now the Jets with Zach Wilson and crew travel to Seattle to take on Geno Smith. And the Seattle Seahawks. The Jets are one and a half point favorite. I'm taking Seattle in that game. Minnesota, led by Kirk Cousins, who is 12 and 3 overall, head to Lambeau Field 
425 kick against Green Bay. We're 7 8 overall, looking to get a playoff spot. I'm going to take Minnesota over Green Bay in that fair. The Battle of LA will take place as the Rams, 5 and 10 overall, take on the Chargers, who are 9 and 6. The Chargers are 6 and a half point favorite, 425 kick on CVS. I'm going to take the Chargers in that game, which sets up the Sunday night football game as Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers, 7 and 8 overall, take on Huntley. And the Baltimore Ravens, Baltimore two and a half point favorite. I'm taking Baltimore in that game. <coughs> the day after New Year's on January 2nd, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills will go to Paul Brown Stadium to take on Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a huge game. It is an even match. I think Buffalo gets the job done. Buffalo over Cincinnati. So to pick it again, I have Dallas, Atlanta, Kansas City, New England, the G-Men, Philadelphia, Tampa, Jacksonville, Washington, Detroit, San Francisco, Seattle, Minnesota, Chargers, Baltimore, and Buffalo. My side picks are as follow. It is... Taking the Lions with the money line. Uh, let's see here. Minnesota. Plus three and a half. And let's see what my over-under is really quickly. Really quickly, let's see what the over-under is <coughs> on the one game here on the NFL slate. For you guys really quickly here. I'm going to take the over in Kansas City, Denver, which is 45 and a half, 45 right now. One more here. Ooh, that's a tough one. And take the over in the Sunday night game. 35 points. Pittsburgh and and Baltimore. So there's that slate for you. Gamble responsibly as it is the first day, Sunday, January first at twelve oh one a.m. It's the start of the NFL. It's the final weekend of the NFL full full NFL slate. It's week seventeen. It's the first week of sports gambling in the state of Ohio. So there is the little bit of the side bets. Right here on All Andy for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now it's time to hear the latest on what's happening in the capital city. It's time the latest edition of the Jackets Report. It's time to fire the cannon 
And it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest Jackets Report right here on All Andy Alfred tonight on the Anchor Network. The Jackets coming off of, they're on a long losing streak right now. They're on a six-game losing streak going into tonight's game against the New York Islanders on the island. The Jackets falling on the 19th of December to the Dallas Stars by a score of 2-1. to one. They lost in Philadelphia by a score of 5-3 to three on the 20th of December. Had two days off. Then the Christmas Eve Eve, they were in Chicago to battle the Hawks, the Horks, in a big game. Started off with Patrick King getting his fifth of the season from Jonathan Taves, making it a one nothing lead for the Hawks. And then the former Jacket himself, Max Domi, getting his 11th of the season from Kane and Tyler Johnson. They gave it a 2-0 game, 16 minutes to go in the first period. It was 2-0 after 20 minutes of play. Andreas Antetokounmpo, the former Red Wing, capitalizing for the Hawks again. His seventh of the season from Lafferty and Mitchell, making a 3-0 Hawks. And then Tyler Reddish, his tenth of the season from Kane, from Taves, and Khrushchev, making it 4-0 Chicago <coughs> as... Tarasov was then pulled from the game. The Jackets didn't make it interesting into the back half as a, a power play goal by Mankato, his fourth from Bjork and Roslovic, making it a 4-1 game in favor of the Hawks with the 13-50-48 mark in the second period. And then Bjork getting his third of the season from Nyquist and Roslovic, making it a 4-2 game. Jonathan Taves on the power play, capped it all off for the Hawks, as they get their his 11th of the season from Kane and Domi on the power play, it's 5-2 Hawks, and that was the final from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, as Taves gets the number one star, Kane the number two star, Shalak, goaltender, gets the number three star. Shots on goal in the game was in favor of the Hawks at 38 shots to Columbus's 29. The Hawks led in the faceoff dot at 64.6% to Columbus's 35.4%. Columbus 1-for-4 on the power play. Chicago 1-for-5 on the power play. Chicago had 19 minutes in penalties. Columbus 21 minutes in penalties. The Hawks out-hit the Jackets 19-17, to out-blocked the Jackets 15-12. to Jackets had five giveaways to Chicago's eight, but Chicago had five takeaways to Columbus's two in the game. For the Hawks, like I said, Sherlock 27-29, save percentage of a .931. It was then for the Jackets. It was Corpusalo, who's the Tarasov was started, who was 16 for 20 with a .80. He was then relieved by Corpusalo, who was 17 for 18 with a .944 save percentage. The Jackets falling in that one. They were scheduled to play on the 27th at home against the Buffalo Sabres. That game was postponed because of the weather in Buffalo. They couldn't get the team in, so they are now on the island tonight as they take on the New York Islanders at beautiful USB Center. 
in Belmont Park. We're halfway through the second period right now, and the Islanders are up one to nothing now on the Jackets. It's not going any easier for the Jackets this season. <coughs> and it's just it's just not good. This team is not good. The amount of men lost this season is just unbelievable. It's sad, it's terrible, it's unbelievable. It's not going to get any easier. New Year's Eve, the Jackets will be at home against the Chicago Blackhawks. One o'clock puck drop for that one on Saturday. They'll have a couple days off, then they'll travel to Ottawa for a seven o'clock drop, and then it gets hard. Jackets will host Washington on the 5th of January. January 7th, they're at home against Carolina for a four o'clock puck drop. Then they go to Washington the next night for a five o'clock drop, head down to Tampa to battle the Lightning on January 10th before returning home to battle the Carolina Hurricanes on the 12th, the 14th of January. They will be in Detroit to take on the Red Wings. We will be there for that game, and I repeat that again. We will be in Detroit on January 14th. It is a Saturday night, 7 o'clock puck drop at the Slice. Jackets. Red Wings. Then the Jackets will have a day off. They'll head home to play the Rangers and then the Predators before a day off before the Ducks and the Sharks come back. And then they do the Western Canadian Seattle trip, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Seattle, before two days off to take on the Washington Capitals. And then the All-Star break will take place for the Jackets. Looking around the rest of the league right now, as by the way, it was Pedro getting his eighth or flashing, making it a one nothing game. one nothing game for the Islanders right now. Other games happening right now. End of the first period is the Canucks taking on the Winnipeg Jets. Canucks are up one nothing. Blues and Hawks tied at 1. End of two periods of play is the Sabres 5, Red Wings nothing. End of the second right now is the Panthers 2, Carol, uh, Montreal 2, Florida 4. End of the second is the Rangers 1, Lightning nothing. Washington up 3-2 on the Ottawa Senators. Congratulations to Alexander Ovechkin passing. Mr. Hockey himself, Gordie Howe, on the amount of goals. End of the first, it's Wild and Stars tied at one apiece. 9 o'clock drop will be the Kings and the Avalanche. 10.30 sees Philadelphia in San Jose to battle the Sharks. 9 o'clock, Toronto is in Arizona to battle the Coyotes. Programming note, remember, uh, Monday, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on TNT is the Winter Classic at Fenway Park as it is the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Boston Bruins in Fenway Park. That's a programming note for you guys right there. On New Year's, the Monday of New Year's, the day after New Year's Day for that. And then it'll be Vegas and Colorado at 9, 10 o'clock. We'll see Philadelphia in Anaheim. Uh, Pre-game is at 1. Game time starts at 2. For that. So, so there's that for you guys. New Year's Day, there is a full slate of games. Full slate of games on New Year's Day, by the way. Carolina and New Jersey. New York's in Florida. Ottawa is hosting Buffalo. Seattle hosting the Islanders. San Jose's in Chicago, the Battle of the Hawks in that game. Looking at the standings, this is terrible. 
bear with me on this. The Atlantic Division, the top three teams, Boston in the top spot at 28-4-3 with 59 points. Toronto, 22-7-6 with 50 points. Tampa, 21-11-1 with 43 points. Metropolitan Division sees Carolina in the top spot at 23-6-6 with 52 points. New Jersey, 22-11-2 with 46 points. Pittsburgh, 19-10-6 with 44 points. <coughs> Excuse me. Wild card. Looks like this. Washington, 20-13-4 with 44 points. The Rangers are 19-12-5 with 43 points. The Islanders on the outside looking in at 20-14-2 with 42 points. They're playing the Jackets tonight. Detroit, 15-11-7 with 37 points. Buffalo, 16-14-2 with 34 points. Florida, 15-16-4 with 34 points. Ottawa, 15-16-3 with 33 points. Montreal, 15-7-3 with 33 points. Philadelphia, 11-17-7 with 29 points. And our Jackets at dead last in the Eastern Conference at, 20, at 10, 21, and 2 with 22 points. Unbelievable. Western Conference looks like this. Top three teams. Central Division sees the Dallas Stars in the top spot at 21-9-6 with 48 points. Winnipeg 21-13-1 with 43 points. Minnesota 20-12-2 with 42 points. In the Pacific, led by the Golden Knights at 24-12-2 with 50 points. The Kings at 20-12-6 with 46 points. Calgary 17-13-7 with 41 points. In the wild card, Seattle holding the top spot at 18-11-4 with 40 points. Colorado second at 19-12-2 with 40 points. Edmonton on the outside looking in at 19-15-2 with 40 points. Vancouver 16-15-3 with 35 points. St. Louis 16-16-3 with 35 points. The, the Nashville Predators 14-14-5 with 33 points. Arizona 12-16-5 with 29 points. San Jose 11-19-6 with 28 points. Anaheim 10 22 and 4 with 24 points. At least the Jackets are not like the Chicago Blackhawks, even though they lost to the Hawks at 8, 21, and 4 with 20 points. So you think about it. The game on Saturday, winner could be ahead. The loser will be the worst team in the National Hockey League. Think about that for a second. News and notes around the National Hockey League, of course. The big thing happening right now is the World Juniors that are taking place in Halifax, up in Halifax, and uh, Team Canada struggling in the World Juniors. USA on the fourth day of this tournament. The Swede Eds, the Czechs in overtime. Finland shuts out Lafia. Switzerland falls to the United States by a score of 5-1 to one in the game. The Canadians are playing, I believe tonight, uh, they're playing six. They're playing Austria in day 4. 6.30 Eastern for that puck drop for that one. So there is that for you. Of course... The big one, Jake Wallman last night scoring the game winner as Detroit came all the way back from a 4-0 deficit against the Pittsburgh Penguins to win in overtime 5-4. to He pulls out the gritty to win it. 
And what a selly it was. What an absolute selly it was. There is that for you. And that is the latest around the National Hockey League. Right here on Only the Elford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast tonight. And now let's hit the pond. Big game on Tuesday for the fish, but they can't capitalize. Last night, it's time for the walleye roundup. It's time to hit the pond. It's time for the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest edition of the Walleye Roundup, right here on All Andy Alfred tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. As the fish were in the bank tank over the Christmas holiday, as they took on the Wheeling Nailers the night before Christmas Eve on Friday night, taking on the Nailers on Cat Trick Ornament Night during the big snowstorm as a Ruckus crowd of 6,524. It really wasn't that big of a crowd in that game because of how bad the weather was. But Toledo did start off on the good note with Brett McKenzie from Brandon Hawkins and Cole Frazier making it a one nothing game. And then Wheeling turned on the Jets in the half back half of the first period. It's Huntsinger getting his third from Moscato. Even strength at the 9.53 mark of the first period. And then Moscato getting his eighth of the season from Koloff and Hussinger on the power play at 17:47, making it a 2-1 hockey game in favor of the Nailers. In the second period, uh, Ebbing getting his seventh of the season from Gordy Green and Hawkins on the power play, giving the fans a free chili, making it a 2-2 hockey game. Then Brett McKenzie at the 11:09 mark of the third period. Getting his third of the season from Green and Panarin. And it was a 3-2 fish lead in the game. Then Wheeling Hudsinger getting his fourth of the season from Ortiz. And Johnson making it a 3-3 game. Mitchell Hurd tying the game in the third period at the 17-44 mark. Taking the lead from Meyer and McCord. And we think the fish... Have finally found it. They let Wheeling back in the game. At the 1801 mark of the period, Amato from Ortiz hits 4 4. 4 4. Can't believe it. 4 4. And then in the overtime period, Barkoff getting his sixth of the season from Moscato and Smith. 5 4 was the final in the bank tank uh, uh, the day before. Christmas Eve, the fish fall before Christmas, 5-4 to Wheeling. They outshot Wheeling in the game, 37-32. Toledo 1-for-2 on the power play. Wheeling 1-for-3 on the power play. As Lettinen stopped 27-of-32. 
in the game. Gardner stopping 33 of 37 in the game on Christmas Eve Eve. Uh, games on the 23rd of December, it was Wheel, uh, was Wooster losing to Adirondack 7-0. Greenville, a 3-2 win over Atlanta. Norfolk gets a 3-2 win over Reading. Jacksonville, a 5-1 win over the Florida Everblades. Orlando beats the Savannah Pirates by a score of 3-1. Kansas City, a 4-1 win over the Iowa Heartlanders. Allen, a 5-2 win over Tulsa. Wichita, a 7-4 win over Rapid City. And Idaho shuts out the Utah Grizzlies by a score of 6 to nothing. League came back into play on December 26th, 7th, excuse me, two games. Adirondack getting a 3-2 win over the Lions of Travolta, 3-2, but it was a big game at the Huntington Center as it was a rematch of the 2019 Kelly Cup Final as the Newfoundland Growlers make their regular season debut at the Huntington Center. And Toledo's top Trevor Bliss jumping out to the early 1-0 lead for the Fish. His third of the season from Eving and Meyer at the 6:26 mark of the first period. Before then, Skirvin getting his 12th of the season from O'Brien and Solo at the 16:25 mark of the first period. Tying the game at one apiece, and that's what it was after 20 minutes of play. Toledo's McCord getting his first of the season from Hurd, making it a 2-1 lead. Bliss getting his second of the game, fourth of the season from Ebbing. At the 11.30 mark of the second period, making it a 3-1 fish lead. Then Brandon Hawkins, his eighth of the season from Bliss and Hurd. Regular strength at the 14.20 mark of the second period, making it a 4-1 fish lead. But then Newfoundland came roaring back at Southers, getting its fourth of the season from McKay and Curse at the 15.19 mark of the second period. And that's where it stood after 40 minutes. The fish up 4-2. Newfoundland solo getting its eighth of the season for Pregio and Jolik on the power play at the 8-12 mark of the third period, making it a 4-3 game in favor of the Fish. The Fish shut it down with Patterson getting its third of the season from Green and McKenzie at the 11-23 mark of the third period. Nardine getting his third of the season from McKenzie and Gordy Green at the 13-45 mark of the period, making it 6-3. Newfoundland made, made it close. With 50 seconds to go in the game, as Burgal getting its eighth of the season from Capcheck and Curse, but it was just not enough time. Newfoundland falls to the fish at the bank tank by a score of six to four in the game. Toledo outshot Newfoundland in the game 39 to 30. Newfoundland one for three on the power play. Toledo 0 for three on the power play. It was Letton getting stopping 26 of 30. It was McKay stopping 33 of 39 in for the Newfoundland Growlers in that game. So the Fish getting a huge win on Tuesday night. They went into the Coliseum last night. Take on the Fort Wayne Comets. Huge game. Huge game. And the Fish jumped out to an early lead. Evan getting its eighth of the season from Hawkins and Perrin. Making it a one nothing game. Towards the end of the first period, but then Fort Wayne turned it on in the second and third. Everest getting his fourth of the season for Kalani and Peters. It was 1-1 after 40 minutes of play. Comets put it to bed with at the 3-0-1 mark. Left to go in the game as Cooper from as Boris from Cooper and Winchris, making it a 2-1 game, and that was the final. 
Toledo falls to Fort Wayne in the Coliseum by a score of 2-1. They were outshot by the Comets in the game, 37-25. Fort Wayne perfect on the power play, 1-1. One one. Toledo 0-2 on the power play. It was uh, Petru, the winner. He is 24-25. Kosa started for the Fish. He was 35-37. In the game, the three atten the, uh, attendance, 8,973. Two hours and 22 minutes took to play the game at the Coliseum. Last night, other than the Fish game, Maine beat up on the on the Railers 9-3. India 2-0 win over Kansas City. Florida falls in overtime to Jacksonville 2-1. Savannah falls to the Orlando Solar Bears by a score of 4-2. Wheeling beats up on Redding 2-1. Greenville 5-1 win over Atlanta. Norfolk falls in a shootout to South Carolina 3-2. Cincinnati 3-1 win over the Kalamazoo Wings, Wichita 5-2 win over Allen. Tulsa falls to the Rapid City Rush 7-4. And Idaho a 6-2 win over the Utah Grizzlies. Tonight on the docket, three game, two games that are taking place. The Lions of Travolta battling Adirondack right now. 3-1 Lions in favor of Adirondack. It's 7-4 Florida on top of Orlando with 11 minutes to go in the third period. Tomorrow's slate looks like this. <coughs> around the East Coast Hockey League. My apologies for coughing. Worcester will take on Adirondack, 7 o'clock. Puck drop for that one. Norfolk is in Atlanta to battle the Gladiators. Cincinnati is in Indy to battle the Fuel. Newfoundland is in Kalamazoo to battle the Wings. It will be Redding taking on Wheeling. The Lions of Travolta will travel to Maine to battle the Mariners. It will be Orlando in Florida to battle the Everblades. Savannah hosting the Greenville Swamp Rabbits. Allen hosting Wichita. Iowa is in Kansas City, the Battle of the Mavericks. Tulsa is in Rapid City. And Idaho is in Utah, the Battle of the Grizzlies. Tomorrow, 7-15, puck drop at the Bank Tank. It will be a rematch of Wednesday night's matchup as the Fort Wayne Commodore. 12-8, 3-2 will take on our fish who are 12-11, 3-1. 7-15, puck drop for that one in that affair. And then on Saturday, New Year's Eve, we'll have Norfolk in Atlanta for a 3 o'clock drop. The Lions will be in Adirondack to battle the Thunder at 5 o'clock. Jacksonville and Savannah at 5. 5.05 puck drop. We'll see the Maine Mariners taking on the Wooster Railers. The Fish travel to Cincinnati to battle the Cyclones. 6 o'clock puck drop for that one. Newfoundland is in Kalamazoo to battle the K-Wings. 6 o'clock. 6.05 sees Greenville and South Carolina. It'll be Redding taking on Wheeling. 6.10 puck drop for that one. Idaho is in Utah. Wichita's in Allen. Indy is in Fort Wayne to battle the Comets. It'll be Kansas City and Iowa. And Rapid City takes on Tulsa in those affairs. Uh, there will be games on New Year's Day. Savannah's in Atlanta. Wooster's in Maine. And Jacksonville is in Greenville to battle the Swamp Rabbits. Uh, standings going forward into tonight's play. It looks like this. The Central Division is led by the Indy Fuel, who are 18 Eight and one with thirty-seven points. Cincinnati is sixteen, four and three and two with thirty-seven points. Fort Wayne twelve, eight, three and two with twenty-nine points. Toledo is twelve, eleven, three and one with twenty-eight points. Wheeling thirteen, thirteen, one and zero oh with twenty-seven points. Kalamazoo twelve, twelve, two and zero oh with twenty-six points. And the Iowa Heartlanders are six, twelve, six and one with nineteen points in the Central Division. In the Mountain Conference, led by the Idaho Steelheads, who are twenty-three, three, zero oh and one with forty-seven points. Wichita 17, 9, 2, and 0 with 36 points. Rapid City 14, 15, 0 and 0 with 28 points. 
Kansas City 11, 11, 3 and 0 with 25 points. Utah 11, 15, 0 and 0 with 22 points. Tulsa 8, 12, 5 and 0 with 21 points. The Allen Americans are in last at 8, 16, 1 and 0 with 17 points. That's on the Western Conference. In the Eastern Conference, in the North Division, led by the Wooster Reelers, who are 18, 10, 1 and 0 with 37 points. With the Newfoundland Growlers at 18, 8, 1 and 0 with 37 points as well. The Reading Royals are 16, 8, 1 and 0 with 33 points. Maine Mariners are 13, 11, 1 and 0 with 27 points. The Lions and Travos are 12, 12, 1 and 0 with 25 points. Adirondack is 7, 14, 3 and 1 with 18 points. And the Norfolk Admirals are 5, 21, 1 and 1 with 12 points. They are the worst team in the East Coast Hockey League. In the South Division, South Carolina top spot, 16, 5, 2 and 1 with 35 points. Jacksonville 17, 9, 1, and 0 with 35 points. Florida is 15, 6, 3, and 1 with 34 points. Atlanta 16, 9, 2, and 0 with 34 points. Greenville is 14, 7, 6, and 0 with 34 points. Orlando 11, 12, 4, and 1 with 27 points. And Savannah 9, 13, 5, and 0 with 23 points overall. So there is the latest around the East Coast Hockey League, of course. The some of the transactions to pass along to you. Toledo has added Cedric Lacoste from Grand Rapids. They have also take uh, Manitoba has called up Joseph, uh, Joseph Nardine. He's gone for the game on Friday. Uh, Alex Peters is gone from Fort Wayne. He's been recalled by Bakersfield as well. Cincinnati has added Cody Karen. Deleted break counter and placed him on reserves. Deleted Colton also recalled by the Rochester Americans. <coughs> uh, the ECHL has also announced it will be two coaches for the ECHL All-Star Game. It will be Everett Sheen from the Idaho Steelheads as the head coach for the Western Conference team. And the Eastern Conference team will be a former fish. Brendan Connick will be the head coach of the Eastern Conference team. And then they will be represented in the East Coast Hockey League All-Star Game that will be taking place in Norfolk, Virginia. Wanted to share this as well to the Walleyes representative for the East Coast. For the All-Star Game will be... Defenseman Gordy Meyer. Yes, Gordy is headed... To the All-Star Game, congratulations to Gordy Meyer. If you're in the market for a house, go with the ECHL All-Star representative for our Toledo Walleye, Gordy Meyer in Danbury Realty. He set up the man cave in this house. He can get you into a house in a quicker time as well. So congratulations, Gordy, on that one for you. Much needed for supply, much needed for that, and a great honor for you. I am just truly, truly blessed for you in that. So there is that as Gordy is the lone representative for our fish. It's the ECHL all-star game that will be taking place on, on January 16th at the beautiful Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Looking forward to that. It'll be on the NHL Network. So 
If you don't have the NHL Network, which most of you don't because you have Buckeye Cable, because Buckeye decides that they don't want to have the NHL Network. They don't want MLB Network or NHL Network, so you'll have to find a bar to watch it or buy Sling TV or do whatever for that. So that is the wall I round up for you tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's now time for the end of our program tonight. It's now time for Andy Rants. So you have come to the end of our program tonight. It's now time for Andy Rants, and I hope you enjoyed our program tonight. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on All Andy Offer. We'll have another special edition of All Andy Offer for you tonight. It'll be coming up on... Friday, the 30th, it will be our special best of 2022 edition of All Andy Offer right here on the Anchor Network. We'll have some of the best moments from the podcast as well as the as the recap to the season. And you'll hear my take on everything that has happened this past year with regarding the Jackets, the Falcons, uh, what happened at the at the Marathon Class uh, the Dana Open, formerly the Marathon Classic. And so much more. So enjoy the show. Enjoy the uh, best of all Andy Offer. We will be back next week to recap the college football playoff as well as week 17 in the National Football League, the latest Jackets report, and the latest walleye roundup right here on all Andy Offer. We close tonight with the look at 2022 and looking at myself in 2022. And, you know, this year has been a challenging year. For yours truly, as it has been one year with with being married. This is our first year being in... This is our first time ever owning our own home. Our first time in the new man cave. And it is... You know, it has been truly a blessing and a true honor to be with you guys on this podcast. Doing this show. Giving you updates on what's happening in our lives. Both me and Amanda's lives. Uh, our Christmas was fantastic. Uh, we're looking forward to a healthy and happy, hopefully, 2023 going forward. We'll be doing more shows. We'll be incorporating more. We're going to be getting more guests for this podcast. Uh, also, wanted to talk about, but I wanted to talk about tonight about 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 privacy. Privacy is key in every everyday life. There is no need to snoop. There's no need to pry. And there's no need to honestly look into other people's lives. When it comes to messages, when it comes to social media, when it comes to whatever. It is not necessary to look into people's personal ideas and personal i or personal conversations. I hate it when people bring up the past, bring up something I said in the past that I have, you know, thought about it and have changed my mind on things. And I love talking about things. And I love to have conversations with me and my wife. And it's an A-B conversation. I always, say, I always have this saying. It's an A-B conversation 
There's no need to have a, there's, you need to see your way out of our conversation. It's a private conversation. So don't impose yourself on us. Don't pressure us. And, and for, in all reality, if you have something nice, don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And don't be rude on things. Because if you're rude to to people, you're gonna get you're gonna get burned. Plain and simple. It's hard, especially in this day of age with social media, and you have to walk around the minefields that are people's thoughts, people's in, ambitions, people's ideas when it comes to things. You know? You have to be careful. And you have to be honest with yourself. Can I say what I want to say anymore? And in this day and age, you can't. Because of all the soul, all the people being hypocrites and being not being truthful. Honestly, not being truthful. And that's what scares me in this world. That we can't have healthy conversations and we can't have open discussions on things because somebody's feelings will get hurt and somebody's ideas are you have to have it one way. And if it's one if it's not the way to go, then there's no way what we could be a part of it. So, there's that. That's my little soapbox. I'm off my soapbox. And that's Andy, all ADL for tonight. And that's Andy Rance. And then all Andy Elford tonight. Remember, we'll have a special edition of all Andy Elford. It will be posted tomorrow. It will be the best of 2022. So, until I talk to you in 2023 for the first time, this is Andy Elford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets. Even though you're losing 2 to nothing tonight. To the New York Islanders. Go Walleye. Get the job done. Against Fort Wayne. And congratulations Gordy. On the All-Star bid. Congratulations Falcons. A good season. We'll see what happens in January. After all. Looks like we're going to be running the football. Come on, Lions. Let's get the playoffs. Hopefully we get to the playoffs. And good luck, Browns, against Washington. Because victory is sweetest. When you have tasted defeat, have a great holiday. Happy New Year to you. This has been all ADL for right here on the Anchor Network. I love you. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network.